Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Coming to you live from the fifteenth floor of a uh, live, a beautiful hotel. Well, you know, <laughs> live to you. Well, who cares? How do they know? Uh, from the fifteenth floor of a hotel room, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It's pretty nice. Steel City. Any interesting facts you want to share? Uh, we're looking at actually the the Pittsburgh plate glass building. Pause for effect. <laughs> Pause for effect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, pretty good city. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, good city. Pretty good. Here to see here to see baseball games. Got one last night, one today. Yep. Hopefully the Pirates show up for that game. Yeah, I know. I think I feel like we jinxed them last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have not actually won many games lately. <laughs> like over uh, <0 > six, <laughs> last six. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so. The Blue Jays now tied for tied for the same record. So they're they're pretty much both atop. They're still relatively close to the top of their leagues. All right, so, but importantly about Pittsburgh, PNC Park is supposed to be the most beautiful ballpark. First thoughts? They put on a pretty good fireworks show. They did put on a, I would say, extensive. I uh, It's extensive. It's nice to see a real fireworks show put on by ostensibly a, a private company. I think they're a pri- they must be a private company, right? Yeah, I would, I would assume. I don't think that the city of Pittsburgh put in any money in that. The rusty barge that they shot all of the, all oh, the fire. The barge, the barge didn't look that safe, and there were a couple that launched a little low. That one clears the barge. Oh, that one didn't burn. <laughs> oh, the the ballpark is it's a little bit smaller than I was expecting. That's good, nice and cozy. Um, the amenities are good. I was told by the Lyft driver that there were some upgrades this year to the to the food and dining yeah just in time i mean just in time for just them to actually for yeah for them to or be for okay, them to be good yeah, yeah 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 well i think uh, one if i have a complaint about ballparks in general i uh, actually i do like seating going all the way around the ballpark yeah and the fact that there's a big segment that doesn't have seating i don't i don't love that mm. unless it's a building that's stood there like when when we go to petco park you're gonna see there's a, just a building they left and they built the whole stadium around it and it's great well I like, it's true i like i mean i like I, I have no problem with the Green Monster in Fenway, right? And that's that has three yeah. rows of seats on it. Yeah, but, you know, you know why because there's a road right there. Got to got to make sure that those uh, that road is in the middle of the stadium. Well, I mean, any any Pittsburgh players that uh, stuck out to you? Struck out to me? Well, a lot of them struck yeah. out. Yeah, a lot of a lot of strikeouts, a lot of strikeouts yesterday. Um, I like seeing everybody in person. I thought I actually was more impressed with Jack Sawinski. Than I thought it would be. He's made yep. made a couple great plays in center field, um, hit a home run for them in a, a massive loss. But he's definitely someone to watch. He he is someone to watch. He doesn't he when you look at him like you look at pictures of him and he doesn't look like he should be an athletic center fielder. But then again, no. neither does Mike Trout necessarily. No, doesn't look like the type no. of guy. But when you look at Brian Reynolds, you're like, okay, that guy can cover a lot of ground in the outfield. Yeah, Speaking but when he it. first came up, he didn't look he didn't look it, and he had a really weak arm. So I, I think that. I think that that maybe is the a good person to compare him to is Brian Reynolds. 
Did they ever try to push Brian Reynolds into center field? I don't actually know the answer. He to doesn't that have the arm for it. I don't oh, think they did. Just because of the arm. Yeah, so I, I was actually, I will say, I was, I was impressed with Swinski. Um, we'll, we'll see. I wasn't, wasn't overly impressed by the, the infield, even though I know that kills you because Rodolfo Castro's. Yeah, Rodolfo made a, made an error. Um, he did. He made a great there, play. There I think too. that there's, there's a, there's a clear reason why he wasn't top of the list to, to come up. Um, but I think he's got the spot. He's got the chance right now. Hopefully, he can keep making, making some use of it. Austin Hedges, not <laughs> great, great walk-up choice uh, of music. We're not going to see him again, right? Because he's he's literally batting below two hundred, mm. like well below. We might see him again. Who knows? Like he's he's not even he's not even sniffing two hundred at this point. All right, let's move to TGFBI here. Mm. Uh, I I'm down at forty one. It's little, you know. I was hovering around hovering around the thirties this week. So it really turns out that I got kicked down just a tier. And there's, you know, you're, there's like there's the top, top 20 tier. Yeah. tier, and then there's like a 20 to 60 tier. Yeah, it's, and it's I'm just a kind big, of hovering right in, in that one. I'm still number one in my league, which I actually is interesting because 41, there's less, fewer than 41 leagues. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes, means my yes, league yes, is, yes. that means my league is struggling on average. But let's talk about you, 268 here. That's up a little bit, right? Up a tiny bit. Yeah. Well, up, definitely up from what I was midweek. <laughs> uh, 268, the team is, well, again, Scherzer back to just have a bomb wasn't helpful um Barrios we got to see a good game out of Barrios uh yesterday but that didn't fully wash out what he did early in the week yeah my team is just sort of it's in the middle of the pack so I'll, I'll have a day where I don't have any pitchers go and I'll all of a sudden lose a bunch of spots because everybody in the pack just infinitesimally gets above me I don't under, I mean I actually don't understand why I'm in free fall because most of my team has been well Sandy Alcantara has not been good still which is like <laughs> yeah it's frustrating. really upsetting it's frustrating he, he looked so good it's because we gloated right because we said yeah, we both got him because we both gloated and said oh Sandy Alcantara is doing pretty well and then and then we got absolutely smoked by by him I, I mean I'm struggling a little bit on pitching I think I'm looking forward to the healthy return of um I'm struggling on saves I'm looking forward to Andres Munoz from the from uh, the Mariners mm. coming back hopefully and and being their primary save guy, but I I really don't know, I really don't know. Jay oh, yeah. Martinez is J- being out is Jason Adam Jason Adam I finally benched him and this is the week where he got saves. Is he going to close more games for the Rays? I I think yes, but I can't tell you on a week to week basis. Mm. He's going to be he's a really hard weekly fantasy own because. He's gonna get saves, but he got three this week. <laughs> yeah, but I but next week I would not be surprised if he gets zero again. I, there's no chance that he gets three. I won't say no chance, but there's low chance that he gets three saves next week. Seven Ks in three innings is is what I expected out of him. I mean, this is an amazing Jason Adam line for a week. Yeah, three three innings pitched, seven Ks, three saves. You love that. I'm sorry, I forgot that you owned Adam Wainwright. I do. Good. I'm glad that I sat him this week. Really? Because you have a five ERA anyway. Yeah, I. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, seven ERA would have been would have pushed it right up over five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pitching is is what really needs work. So I'm looking at your week four stolen bases, nine home runs. That's pretty much that's pretty much in line. I mean, we're kind of now we're kind of parallel. I think on on hitting. I just got a little. Actually, we're really similar. I have more RBIs than you do. I have a t- I have a shade more runs. I have a shade more power than than you. I think, which I've been actually quite happy about in general you know i the team that i thought that i drafted was uh, was a um was a power heavy team and, and then some of those guys have moved up in the order so i'm getting more runs 
Christian Walker, we we yeah. doubted it. We not doubted him, but said maybe maybe Mountcastle might be better than Christian Walker. And he said, "Well, look at this." He, he heard us. Yeah, three home runs this week. That's. But we we said that he he and Mountcastle are both regression candidates. So I think that's still true. Well, I I don't know if if uh, this was sort of like the the Lem burn in Apollo thirteen for Christian Walker to get back on track. Because <laughs> all he needed was a three home run. But that, I mean, this week. is this has been our historical thing with growth charts, right? Has been yeah, like, guys will hit their targets by the end of the season. Yeah, but <laughs> the way they get there is can be in fits and starts. In some ways, that's good in a um, you know in a pure yearly roto or a, you know a full season roto like we're playing here. As long as we're not benching these players in the middle when they when they are getting their stats, it's like, kind of like going to a casino and messing with your bets mm-hmm. during blackjack. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to decide: are you going to hit you on sixteen be, or not? <laughs> and you better be consistent. Whatever you do, you got to be consistent. Can't go by feel. You want to talk about what I did on the plane on the way over here? <laughs> um, well, when you put it like that, of course. Yeah, sure. All right, so on the plane to Pittsburgh, actually, it started in uh, Terminal C. Uh huh. Terminal C, gate thirty-four. Oh, who do you auspicious? Yeah, and and very auspicious in Boston. Whose jersey is going to be sitting there? Very auspicious. But Kirby David Puckett. Ortiz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprised it wasn't Paul Pierce, but it was. Yeah. Uh, it it was David Ortiz himself had had his uh, jersey there sitting there. I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably prep for this pod. One of the things that we discussed that we needed to do, we implemented a start of tracking our preseason over under call for the MLB. All, all three teams, we gave our preseason prediction, and we gave nine locks. And, and let's be clear, this we think this has real fantasy import because we actually want to know how good a team is. Yeah. Like, for instance, if we had predicted that Pittsburgh was going to win 20 games in the early season going, that might have affected who you pitched against them. <laughs> right, or which pitchers you selected from yeah. their team. Yeah, in general. If you, if you had a general sense that they were going to uh, have 20 wins, you would know they would probably have a positive run differential. Yeah. And that some of the Pirates that were lower down in the order might actually be own, ownable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's there's some there's some regression coming, but but in the converse, of yeah, course, there's a regression regression right here right now. The converse, of course, is the um is is the Cardinals who we, we talked about in, at the top. But I mean, you, you have to figure out what we're gonna do. I mean, is that Adam Wainwright back for the first time? You own him now. I own him in one of our leagues. Yeah. Uh, that team seems bad. So there's lower benefit to owning a starting pitcher on that team. Maybe do we do we trust it? Do you have that graph? What do you have here? You, you made some see, graphs. You see, I did make some graphs. You made some graphs. Yeah. Well, we got to figure out what the, what the hell uh, was how we actually say it. Or well, let, let me back up and say, um, do you, okay. Wait. Do you do you want to look at St. Louis first? Let's look at St. Louis first. But one of the things <laughs> and then is, we'll, I don't know what it's how how we do St. Louis is it? I think it's St. Louis. Period. St. Oh. Period. Louis. So we are looking right now at the St. Louis win pace graph. That is to say that for um, if you go back to whatever pod we talked about, the MLB um, over-under lines, we said that I set up a scraper to go to CBS, thank you CBS, to grab the day's standings and then preserve that, scrape those down, save those. And then I put together, oh, over the over the flight here to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, put together a way to graph that so that we could see what the wind pace is over the season, graph that, 
and um, right now we put in St. Louis, and oh, the the y-axis is set to sixty to one forty. One forty. I have to have it at one forty because of the race. Yeah, even, but it, even still, it's it, it, yeah. it looks silly. Well, at the same time, you have to go down to fifty. I mean, you're starting at fifty, which is a little sad. Yeah. Oh, well, St. Louis and down below sixty right now on pace number. Um, yeah. What are you seeing? What do you like? What do you well, like? I think in general, when you can see discreteness noise from individual games, it's it's not good in the sense that Cardinals big downward trend. And you can clearly tell what day they win their very few games. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Based on there being a little bounce back. I mean, we're still early in the season where a single... Well, this is... A single win here yeah. it really affects everything yes. on the 17th. It's started scraping on the 17th. Yeah, I mean, it started scraping on the 17th, and you can see sing- single wins early season, you know, change your win... Change the number of games that you expect, or the w- total number of wins that you expect by two to four <laughs> in early goings. But... St. Louis has got a long road back to 500. They they have not been on pace for 500 since pre-April 17th. It doesn't make sense. Well, it's, well, it it does make sense because their hitting is okay and their pitching is bad. The pitching is bad. Yeah, yeah. Flaherty uh, said preseason that he was everybody forgot about Dre, right? But uh, no, <laughs> Flaherty sucks. I have one other actionable piece of information. I'd like to. If you're interested, I'd like to talk about the Rockies because the Rockies are a team that's historically very hard to figure out their quality as a team, right? The, the conventional wisdom, the by the book, if you will, would be do not start pitchers in Colorado. And that's fine, but the Rockies are also quite bad this year. <laughs> so Ooh. you might, oh, to dip in yeah, below the going, 50. Going up, going uh, up here. So the the Rockies the Rockies have been quite bad this year. Looking at the looking at the standings, thirteen and twenty one right now. So that means they're on pace for sixty ish wins. Uh, we just have to figure out what. I mean, I'm I've actually pivoted to the point where I'm willing to start people against Colorado, in Colorado, in Colorado, in Colorado. In Colorado. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, op- opposing pitchers coming to Colorado. There's normally, no reason not to. Yeah. Connor Joe is gone. <laughs> He's in Pittsburgh right now. Charlie Blackman appears to be asleep at the wheel. How would you be able to tell behind that beard? <laughs> I uh, so I, I don't know where where are you at? I mean, this is the type of actionable information that I want to get from a win pace graph, which is basically I have been starting pitchers okay. in Colorado, not caring. Okay, totally agnostic to this. Totally doesn't matter. Okay. I'm not even thinking about it. Okay, they'd have to be on an 80 win pace for me to care. Oh, that's an interesting interesting threshold. I I like that piece of knowledge there. I mean, yeah, I think I think they're going to be bad this year. Obviously, on the road, you want to start against the Rockies at all costs. I mean, they're not, they're not a good team this year. Arguably, I mean, arguably second worst only to, only to the athletics nationals might beg to differ, but I think the nationals are going to be on pace for actually even slightly higher than the, than the Rockies right now. Yeah. For the moment. Can we look at the Phillies? Well, I was going to do Tampa oh, Bay. So who, oh, no, no I want to see Tampa Bay. Yeah. Show me this looks, show me. Every, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wow. 130. 130 something so let's let's fit it let's fit a full season trend line to this and say that they're going to get 120 wins by the end of the season yeah i mean so so this is a record so now we're now we're talking about 116 wins right is the mariners 2001 was the win i think oh 1906 chicago cubs as well so these these records this record could go down i mean so now we're talking about so the the graphs that eric is showing they show us they show us the current the the win total that they're on track for but the thing that i really like 
is trying to look at the derivative of this. Yeah, and where predict are they headed? If we think they're going up or they're going down. So looking at the Rays, okay, they started the season on pace for 140. That's patently ridiculous. As, I mean, <laughs> obviously. So this trend is going to go down. But the question is, can you extrapolate? How well can you extrapolate this trend to know sort of what we expect their win total to be? Okay, well, that's a tough one. Right, versus Pittsburgh here, which has a little bit of a Kuznets curve where you're going up <laughs> from 85 all the way to 120 down. We're back down uh, under 100 win pace. Poor guys. Just back under 100 win pace. They Just. win today. They win today. They might get back on. Yeah. They might get back on pace. But I think, so I look at this and I think, okay, this is probably a, I, I mean, I don't know what derivative to believe here. I think this is probably a 90 win team. You know, I still, gut would say, let 90 or fewer wins if i had assumed preseason that they were going to be a 75 win team i would say that maybe they could be a 90 win team but i think they're falling back down into the 80s you think so yeah i I don't if they win more than they have 20 wins right now yeah if they win 65 games i think that they probably think the season is a success it's fine i would say they probably all already think the season is a success (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, true. Yeah, I mean, no one they haven't amassed any sort of large lead or anything, so there's still a ton of room for them to miss the playoffs. I mean, honestly, this Braves margin over the over the Mets right now, six games already. That's six games early season, nothing to sneeze at. Can we look at the Braves? I'm curious. Are they ah, what's geez, their, I, I, No, no, no. Who are we looking at? Philly. Philadelphia. Okay. You said you had said you want to look at I do I do want to look at Philly. Because I want to figure out what's going on in the NL East here. I mean, this this is a curve for extrapolation. If you ignore the big the bump where they won a bunch of games in the last week of April, slow trend, slow uprising trend, maybe to 80 games. Maybe this is a 500-win team. I think that they're a 500-win team. But the question is what's going to happen when, when they actually get... Um, when Bryce Harper comes Bryce? back? Bryce Harper is coming... Okay, you heard it here first. Bryce Harper is coming back too soon. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> There's... I mean, this is not a, this is not a fantasy hot take, but they are rushing him back. I mean, I don't blame him. He's not he's not like a he's no longer a prospect where you can sit on him for a long time mm-hmm. and just be like, we're gonna have value for him. They're paying him an insane amount of money. You have to get him on the field right now. Yeah. How how else are you gonna sell bobbleheads? Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um. All right. Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta one ten. I I mean, they're not they're Where not a one ten win team, but they're pretty stable. So they're not. They're not obviously underperforming. They're not obviously underperforming right now. Okay, so Atlanta and Tampa Bay, 110 and 129 win pace. Baltimore, 108. I mean, one team... How many teams will break 100? Two teams? How many How many did that year that the Twins did? And then lost in the first round. Why Why do we... Come on. <laughs> was, that, was that necessary? <laughs> I'm trying to help see if you could remember what year that was that that happened. It's 2019. Uh, looking one, overall, two, Yankees had 103, three. Astros 107, Dodgers 106. Four. So four, four teams, teams that year. Four and four, I remember it being like, wow, four teams won 100 no, games. four teams last year. Four teams last year. Dodgers 111. Well, now it's just commonplace, I Astros guess. 106, Braves 101, Mets 101. So, And which team was it that won the <laughs> NL East? I, uh, I'm drawing blank here, yeah. But 2021, three teams. Three teams. So, okay. So four teams a year is not un. It's three to four teams a year, I think. So this is. It's not unreasonable to think that all three of these teams could finish over a hundred wins, but you know, 
nobody nobody finishes. Yeah, more and than... you're looking at 2018 where the Red Sox and Yankees both had 100 or greater. So you can even have in the same division, especially now that there's more agnostic. Well, 2021 is the is the extreme case, right? Giants and Dodgers, 107, yep. 106. That is crazy. Wow. I mean, that's a... Diamondbacks, 52. I'm a little surprised at the bottom end. I mean, nobody does that badly. Like, I mean, number... 38 wins? Well, realistically, the number of teams over 100 wins is the number of teams you should have under 60 wins. Under 62 <laughs> wins, you know, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, loose, loosey-goosey math there. Yeah. Little, little yeah. loosey-goosey, but... Yeah. On you know on average and sure we have we have four teams under sixty two wins but I mean thirty eight wins is 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 easily as much of an outlier as one hundred and twenty nine wins. I uh, more so I would say that's more even more so. There can't possibly be two teams three teams under fifty wins at the end of the season. That's no, crazy. no no so that's e- even happen. Giants Dodgers one hundred seven one hundred six Diamondbacks are the worst with fifty two. You also have the Baltimore Orioles with fifty two that win, but then it's up to the Texas Rangers at sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to go back to the big question, which is, what is the fantasy actionable information here? And to me, the fantasy actionable information is, who do you start? What pitchers do you start against what teams? What quality of pitcher do you start against what team? And so to me, that says, okay, I actually want to know something about how many runs they're scoring, because that's going to have a material impact on my ERA. The win pace is really good, because I want to know, what's the rough probability that pitcher X is going to get a win against this team? Like... I mean, some some things are slam dunks, right? Even though the even though the Yankees are bottom of the AL East, like we're gonna start Garrett Cole for everything, obviously. Oh yeah, it, well yes, there's some things. That, all right, so do you want run differential? Run differential I, would be good. I, I definitely I definitely want to see or run, run differential. I definitely want to see. I think I want to see. I want run differential and run scored for two different reasons. I want run differential because I want to know what the probability they're going to win is, but I want run scored just so that I know. Is this team scoring more offense than I expected them to? Yeah. So do, should we also then have like what the directionality is of that stat? Because that's I think so. it's what's sort of interesting is Atlanta. Okay, right now you're at 108 win win pace, but you're slightly on a you know had a couple losses on the downward right. So we should have if we could have the directionality same thing with a um, with a run differential. We could have we could have a little bit of extra stats. Okay. I'm seeing this. So you're still thinking like one graph, lots of stats, and you're really going to use it. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think in general, I like looking at a sortable table because I partly want to know where everybody ranks relative to everyone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I yeah. want to know. It's good, it's good to know in a vacuum, like, okay, the Phillies are more or less standing pat in their win pace. But what I actually want to know is, where does that win pace rank amongst everybody everybody in the league? Sure. And especially when you're looking at, you know, in a roster construction sense, in a given week, you have maybe eight starts, and you're, you're maybe trying to pick six of those guys, <laughs> your, your favorite six. So mm-hmm. I want to know, I need to know on a relative basis from pitcher to pitcher when I'm thinking about my team. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Texas Rangers pitchers right now because they're a very interesting team. <laughs> I think Martin Perez recently discussed by us. Nate Eovaldi is their ostensible ace. I mean, I just want to know under what circumstances am I going to start those guys? Well, yeah, or or a good example would be yesterday, Jose Barrios. Jose, Jose Barrios. Barrios is a middling pitcher right now. He, do we start him against a 20-win Pirates team? Yeah, he's on a downward. They're on a downward trend. Right. He's, exactly. He's, of course, you start him. And I'm thinking about I'm thinking about something like that relative to taking like a Brock Burke start <laughs> or, or not a Brock Burke yeah start. oh well no yeah, do, you, mean, do you put Brock Burke out there 
for three innings and four Ks. Yeah. Of a, at max like one earned run over that time period. Right, and so and to me, you know, fantasy roster construction is always balancing who you have and how you think they're going to do. I think that about brings us to the review session. Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn still kind of getting his still kind of getting his feet under him in the MLB here. I didn't realize he was picked third overall in the 2019 draft. I mean, I knew I knew he he went. had some pedigree. I knew he had some pedigree. That's why they keep on talking about him well before he was uh worth talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are talking about Andrew Vaughn early on, right? I mean, you're picking him because you of what you think he's going to do. And so let me tell you what he's done so far. 33 games so far this year. The one stat that stands out is the one that I usually wouldn't report, which is he has 10 doubles on the season so far, which is what? Actually nothing nothing what? to scoff at here. So, he's on a on a 234 average. You got to love to see that. A lot of hit by pitches too. Okay, th- sorry. Let me let me give you let me give you stats that we <laughs> really normally stuff. that we normally actually care about here. All right, in 124 at bats, he's got 13 runs, 3 home runs, 20 RBIs amazingly on that. Zero stolen bases, and I already told you the 234 average. This is a stat line that makes exactly zero sense to me. How do you have so many RBIs, so few home runs, so few runs by comparison? I mean, I guess it's just these doubles. He's just hitting a ton of doubles and very bad average. 234? 234. 286 babip. So not. That's low. uh, No, that's that's about what you'd expect. Oh, slow sprint speed. Okay um wait so he's he's playing first yeah no no he's he's, he is yes yes okay he is six foot tall and he's playing first base that doesn't bode well for him (laughs) um well in the new dh league who cares he just he's just gonna be a dh forever i think i mean he has to start hitting his war numbers are terrible he has to start hitting or he's not gonna make it in the league actually yeah you, you can tell you why the white Sox are not doing well right now and they're keep on relying on players like this yeah he was supposed to be the he's why Abreu is gone yes because they he's said you we are we are whatever leave we got we got andrew vaughn we have another jose abreu yeah i mean this is this is right that's that's perfect they want him to be jose abreu but jose abreu i bet has better bip than 286 i mean i know his obp is going to be higher what's his obp 340 oh, it's actually not as bad as i thought He's got an eleven percent walk rate, so it's not bad. That's it's actually not, yeah. it's not awful when we've seen a couple of people in the. Uh, <laughs> That's the only thing that he's really doing better than his uh, preseason projection. He's projected what? I, I don't know what to think about him in general. Or do we? Let's, let's, let's watch a hit by pitch. Oh yeah, I mean he, gets, <laughs> he keeps getting he hit. Gets, he gets keeps getting hit by pitch here. There oh, this is it. Blunk. Oh, on the on the elbow. Another one. Another one. Why not? He's like, thank God I got a base. And here we go. And same spot. Wow. He's, he's leading into these. Up and, in, up and in. I'm watching enough of these to know that he's sticking his elbow right out. Oh, yeah. Okay. But let's go back to the other conversation. He, unless he picks it up, this is not sustainable for the White Sox. No. Well, they're they're on pace to lose 100 games. So but they're, they're something kind of... has to change. I don't know that they're going to change him, though. Well, they're stuck, right? I mean, he's they invested, they're stuck for this year. They invested a ton of of draft capital in him, but they're they're stuck next year. What are they going to do? They're not going to trade him. He's only this is only his third year in the league. He played. I don't know what I don't know. Well, let's see. Let's see if I can figure out what he did in 2020. So he was he was playing in the minors. He was playing. No, he just played a, the alternate training site all year. Tell Andrew Benintendi that you can't get trade a high young prospect who doesn't quite get off to the start that you want. Well, you need the right you need the right team to find him. 
he could get traded. I don't think this season. I think this season they're just gonna keep on keep on putting sure. him out there. He might regress a little. Sure. But it's not like there's that much blue sky for him to move into. Well, if they get him, they're gonna sell him for. If they sell him, they're gonna sell him for pennies on the dollars. What? No, no, no. What are you talking about? He is he. Well, home runs, I guess. Home he, runs. He, he should. But he's he's gotta hit he's gotta hit twenty home runs, or it's not. Or I mean. <laughs> Jose Abreu, like if he hit twenty home runs, he'd be like, "That's really disappointing." And right now, it's like, I, I well, hope he gets he's to 20. so he's on pace for fifteen right now. Great, <laughs> he's on pace for fifteen. But if he if he had one more home run right now, he would be on pace for twenty. So that's not really that far no, off. No, but, but I don't want him to be on pace for twenty. Is the that's point. what his preseason projections were? Okay, but people, the reason that we're talking about him now is because people drafted him. As though he was the number three overall pick in 2019. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's also assuming that he was going to only get 112 games this year. He was going to get 20 home runs in 112 yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Whoa. that's he's, <laughs> he's... Wow. Also, why did they think he was only going to play 112 games this year? I don't think that they thought he was going to be... I, when when did Brady get signed? Uh, very, end of, very end of spring training. Yeah, so I think they still thought he had, was a year away from being... Being so, the guy. No, but but Vaughn played. Oh, sure. But Vaughn played 100. And, let's see. Last year, 134 games, 555 plate appearances. That's a full season. Yeah. Why were they thinking 112? Yeah. You know. You're right. That's silly. Preseason projections. Zips. Get out of here, streamer. Everybody had the same number of games. So they must be all using the same source. Yeah. And you're always banging on me about aggregating these sources. Well, I I am because they're all using the same underlying source, yeah. and that I like. Okay, the central limit theorem only works if you actually have independent <laughs> samples. <laughs> if we learned one thing okay. from <laughs> from stats one from stats one hundred one last year, yeah, the okay, samples okay, have okay, to be independent. Okay. Or somebody was brave enough to predict a stolen base steamer. Good one. He's, I think he's good enough. He's base not, he's, not, he's not going to get a stolen base. His base year. running is negative two point one. His BSR is negative two point one. We have seen a lot of bad first baseman and yeah. base running. It's yeah, pretty. Pretty wild. I mean, it's, I have to say it's pretty impressive how I knew the first basemen were going to be subpar defensively, but I really feel like they're even more subpar defensively than I thought they would be. Yeah, though that's the one place that he's not really he's killing only, them this year. He's, he's only a he's only a minus defender. <laughs> he's only a minus defender instead Sick of a figs. minus minus defender. Sick I mean, figs at zero. Sure, if we round we round to the nearest ten. <laughs> Last year was thirty. He's improving. Wow. <laughs> You don't like how I just use sig figs. To, to I think, I think that I'm at peace with this, but I'm looking at the guys that we're talking about around him. I'm looking at who we're about to announce that, that we're going to talk about next week, and I'm just thinking, this was a mistake if you drafted him here. I I think it was. I think you drafted on upside, and I think that you know if you want to try to get off him now, I think that that's a good idea. I well, I don't know that I agree with that because I I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think if you valued Andrew Vaughn highly in the draft, you have to you have to figure out why you valued him highly in the draft, and you probably have to stick with that. No, I think you have to get out of, out of okay. it. He's not going to be on a winning team. Well, we know that he's not going to be. He's not. He's that. not on a winning team in real baseball, and I don't think yeah. that he's going to be part of a winning fantasy. Was definitely not part of a winning fantasy team now. So the question is whether he regresses. No, I, I mean I don't think that you even have a a, a bench space for him. In like TGFBI, where you have like three guys on the DL, you probably don't have space for for like waiting on Andrew Vaughn. I well, okay, TGFBI, yes, you have space for 
Well, TJ, you're fine. But if you yeah. if you're like on a if you have a in a ten team mixed league, you trade him or you drop him. Ten, ten team mix, no, no. Okay, ten team mix, no question, because we're this is already the twelfth guy that we've talked about, twelfth first baseman we've talked about. <laughs> so that's fine. There's, I, I, you definitely shouldn't be using him in a utility slot. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's be really clear. No. Yeah, looking at the list, I there know, are a couple at... of guys that there that I'd rather take a flyer on. Yeah, for sure. I'm really down on him. I'm down on this guy. Yeah, you're surprisingly down on him. I really hate to be down on guys that were drafted so early because they clearly have the stats pedigree. Yeah, they clearly yeah. have the pedigree. I hate to be down on that because I hate to miss out on guys like that <laughs> eventually. Uh, but We almost always miss out on the guys like that because for every uh, one that we miss that makes the leap, I think that they're four Andrew Vaughns in a year. Uh, true. True. All right. I accept that. Who are we doing next week? Anthony Rizzo. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yay!